Nancy, thank you. Um, that had to be based on one of the Psalms, didn't it? Um, I don't think so. Wow, it sounded just like a Psalm, didn't it? Well, for the past week, I have been on vacation with my family, uh, eight or nine days uh, with my wife, um, my son, my daughter-in-law, my grandson, and my daughter. And we all got back Friday night, and we're still talking with one another. So I think that's a good, you know, we spent that much time together, that's a good thing. Um, we were in St. Augustine, and it was awesome. If you're planning on going to Florida, I know the Coopers are going uh, next week. Um, I hope there's some seafood left because we did our best to make sure we took as much as we could. Uh, it was a, wet, a week of rest and relaxation and family, and I loved everything about it. And then we came home um, for a funeral for Marie Hammond. Uh, and while at the funeral, Yesterday seemed a long way away, a long time ago, Harry. After the funeral, I always turn my phone off at funerals. When I turned it on an hour later, Harry had left a voicemail that Robbie Cable had died. You ever had that while you're at a funeral, find out that you got to go to another one? Probably so. Robbie was 59. His brother Steve was about 63 and died a year and a half ago. And Dot now has buried one son, and this week will bury another. So you go from vacation to, to that. That's life, isn't it? There's highs and, and there's lows. Uh, and it all seems to happen just constantly. Celebrations and then the toughest of times. Vacations and then funerals. Birth and death and sickness and health and poverty and wealth. And that's life. With that being said, today we're going to continue in our study of the 23rd Psalm, and we're going to look at verse 4, and I love verse 4. You can say it with me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they come. Let's pray to God. Father, let that word, and your word always, change our lives. No matter where we are or what's going on, help us to remember that you are with us. And wherever we walk, in whatever situation we find ourselves in, we'll fear nothing because you are with us and you'll comfort us and you'll take care of us. So Father, this day, help that word to influence all of us, speak to our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to talk about five truths about dark valleys. Five truths about dark valleys. And I don't need to define dark valleys, do I? Do you know what I'm talking about? Look at the front of the bulletin. You see the picture? Do you relate to the cat? Do you understand that feeling? Sure you do. If you've lived very long, you have felt like that. And so dark valleys, we all know what they are. We've all been through them. So truth number one about dark valleys. Dark valleys are unavoidable. Would you agree to that? Yes. It's going to happen. Jesus said this in the first part of John 16:33. As a promise, in this world, you will have tribulation. You agree? 
I agree. Today, however, you can turn on the TV or radio or find a book or go to church and they preach the prosperity of the gospel that goes something like, if you love God enough, uh, you'll be rich and healthy and happy, your kids will be perfect, and you'll have a party every day. Now, I love that. I really do, but it's not Scripture. That's not what Scripture teaches at all. In this world, you will have tribulation. Now, I have to say, I've had more parties than tribulation. God has blessed me so very much, and he continues to. But I have to understand the whole counsel of God's word, and there are going to be days that are tough, and dark valleys are unavoidable. In this world, you will have tribulation. I've never known anybody whose life has gone according to their neat little plan. Do you have a neat little plan for your life once upon a time? You've deviated a little bit, haven't you? It's taken a turn. You will have dark valleys. They truly are unavoidable. You might be coming out of one right now. You might be in the middle of one right now. You might be headed into one right now. But they come. And that's the truth. And we need to know the truth. Truth number two. Dark valleys are unpredictable. There are curveballs thrown at us, and sometimes we just don't get it and don't understand it. We say things like, I didn't see that coming. Well, they're unpredictable. You can't plan them. You can't time them. They're unscheduled. You ever had a flat tire at a good time? No. Never had one at a good time. In an instant, at an unpredictable time, dark valleys show up. And I said, truth number three, dark valleys are impartial. No one is immune. No one escapes the problems of life. And everybody has some good people, bad people. Dark valleys don't question who you are. They don't care how bad or good you are. We often ask the question, why me? Maybe we should ask the question, why not me? They're not impartial. And, you know, I tried to pull the card. When I was a kid growing up in this church, and my dad was the pastor, um, and I wasn't the best athlete in the room, uh, but I knew a lot of them. They were my friends. Sometimes they didn't want me to play in the reindeer games because I just wasn't that good at it. But I always had that card. Well, I've got the key to the gym. <laughs> Family life center right there, and I can get the key to it, and they had to let me play. <laughs> um, but it doesn't fit you too far in life. I, I can't say, God, but my dad was a pastor, my granddad was a pastor. I'm a, hmm? impartial. Matthew 5, 45, the second part, lets us know this truth. He makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. Things happen. Things happen. And so dark valleys are indeed impartial. It doesn't matter who you are and what you've done. How much you have in the bank, how healthy you have been. Impartial. Now the good news. Truth number four. Dark valleys are temporary. Aren't you glad about that one? Dark valleys are temporary. Every one of us in this room can get up and give a testimony about something we have been through. And what God has done to us and for us through that temporary valley. Earlier we looked at this word from John 16, In this world you will have tribulation. But look what Jesus said after that. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Our dark valleys are temporary. 
and our reward for believers is eternal. The problem is, and you've seen this happen, and if you're not careful, you'll let it happen in your own life. When there's a dark valley that you've gone through, sometimes people choose to camp out there. Well, this happened to be in 1973, so I'm just going to camp out here forever. And we can't afford to camp out in a dark valley. We have to get through it. They are temporary. Truth number five is a great thing to reflect on in our life. And that is dark valleys just may have a purpose. They just may have a purpose. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. So be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. Dark matter. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tested, purified gold. Though your faith is far more precious than gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it'll bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed in the whole world. Those trials and tribulations make you better. Charlie Hartsfield is one of my favorite people in the world, not just because he's the chairman of Deacons, that's not the reason I'm <laughs> And I want to tell you one of the things I have said behind your back. <laughs> I've never said this to your face, and here I am saying it to your face. I love to hear Charlie Hartsfield pray. And he always begins, God, you have been so good to us. Did you know that's how you always pray? You had any dark valleys in your life? Like Doc Cable, Charlie had to bury children. And he could choose to camp out. But he went through those battles. And it has made him a better man. You probably didn't want this to happen. I know you didn't want it to happen. But it made you a better man. And when I hear you pray, I just love it. And I hope I didn't embarrass you and put you on the spot. But it is what it is. Those things refine you. And we all have our stories of things that have refined us. I love Dave Ramsey. You ever listen to Dave Ramsey on the radio or uh, read any of his books? Our son Taylor works for Dave Ramsey in Nashville. And Jeannie and, and I have uh, known about financial peace and Dave Ramsey for a long time. Sometimes we've done what he says. <laughs> Sometimes we have. But if you've gone through, how many of you have been through Financial Peace University? If you go, yeah, there's several of you that have done that. And you know the story of Dave Curtis' testimony. And Dave has helped millions of people and is continuing to help people get their finances right and not be in trouble anymore. But you know how it started? He went bankrupt. He was in the real estate business and he got upside down and banks called the loans and all of a sudden he couldn't pay his creditors and he had a problem. And that was a dark valley in David Sharon's life. And he'll tell you. But as a result of that horrible situation, he has one of the neatest ministries I've ever And he helps people every day. So many ministries are born out of dark valleys. Back to my non-athletic career. In high school, at Sandy Springs High School, I played soccer. 
Charlie, you, do you know that? Did you know that I was on the soccer team at Sandy Springs High School? Did anybody know I was on the soccer team at Sandy Springs High School? Besides my wife. Let me show you my soccer career. <laughs> Except this is way more comfortable than my soccer career. This is, this is, if they've been padded, I wouldn't mind anything. My soccer career was a lot like my basketball career. <laughs> I just pretty much sat there. I didn't get to practice, and I ran and ran and ran and ran to practice. If I needed to practice for what I was going to do on game day, I should have just sat down. But I and so I always tried to reflect. Y'all are sitting, I might as well sit too. I always tried to reflect on why I played soccer. Well, Joyce can't see me, so I'll get back up. Sorry. I always tried to reflect on why I wasted that year of my life, and that would have been before Sandy Springs High School closed. That would have been about 1975. Why did I do that? It was out of my character to join a team. I was not that athletic. I didn't really care about soccer. I, maybe they didn't make cuts, and that's the only reason I went. If I had to be on the team, I got a letter. And I wondered over the years why I did that. Until we got to Indiana. And my wife called it South Ripley High School. And she and Debbie Jett, the athletic director, were on lunch duty together. And Debbie was talking to Jeannie, saying, well, we need a soccer coach. And Jeannie said the truth to Debbie. Uh, it was a stretch, because she said, David played soccer in high school. <laughs> I did get it one game. So David played soccer in high school. Maybe he could coach. Because nobody in Indiana knew anything about soccer. It's a basketball state. Very much so. So Debbie calls me. I was trying to get my foot in at the high school for ministry opportunities, and I said, oh yeah, I'll be glad to coach soccer. Uh, and started coaching soccer. My son Taylor, our son Taylor was freshman, sophomore, so I coached his whole time in South Ripley. The first thing I did, I went to the bookstore, you know those idiot book guides to, I had about an idiot's guide to soccer, I didn't remember anything of it except the city part, that's all I really remember. <laughs> And so I had to buy the book, and I had to learn the rules, and pretend like I knew what I was doing. Uh, my second or third year, I was Ohio River Valley Conference Coach of the Year. How about that? Um, but I got to baptize a lot of kids on the soccer team. And I got to marry several kids on the soccer team. And I got to listen to them got to go to school and have a prayer time every Monday morning. Got to be with my son for those years uh, after school. And that experience in 1975, that, it's not a horribly dark valley, but it was a weird situation. Several years later, 25 years later, God had a reason and a purpose. And so dark valleys just may have a purpose. I've told you about my friends in Indiana who had a ministry called Circle of Love, that they ministered to grieving people because their son at age 20 died in a four-wheeler accident in a field hitting another four-wheeler head-on. What are they doing today? They're helping people. And they can help people better than I can because I've not gone through what they've gone through. They've been so much help. I believe with all my heart that God's will for my life and for your life is not to make us comfortable, but it's to build our character. It's not about our comfort. It's about our calling and our character.
And sometimes those dark valleys, oftentimes those dark valleys, if we have our antennas up, really help us become better people. My friends who have had cancer and have survived it have become such better ministers to people who are going through that. My divorced friends have become such better helpers. People who have had alcohol problems can help others who are trying to wrestle with that. It's, it's amazing. So dark valleys just may have a purpose, and it might take you a long time to figure it out if you ever do. David in the psalm tells us that this valley is the valley of the shadow of death. Maybe he's reflecting on his time as a shepherd when he was between two steep canyon walls and the shadows came and it was dark even in the daytime. There was danger there. Maybe he's reflecting on that. But I love the description that it's a shadow. A shadow can't hurt you. You ever been run over by a shadow? The big difference between being run over by a truck and being run over by a shadow. Shadows are all right. But you know they're bigger. Always bigger than the reality. Sometimes we freak out about those shadows and those things, and fear is always greater than the valley that you face. And he talks about death. Maybe that was the name of this valley. It can, it can mean all sorts of dark valleys, but even death for the Christian. The older we get, maybe sometimes the more we long for God calling us home. Psalms 116, verse 15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Philippians 1:21, to live is Christ and to die, it's a gain. It's a shadow that can't hurt you if you're in Christ. The last part of verse 4. All those dark valleys, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they come. God is always with us. The rod is like a club, an offensive weapon to protect us from any harm. The staff used for guidance to pull us closer to the shepherd. He's always watching us. So how can we not fear in the dark paths? Remember he is with us. And remember this truth. Don't ever focus on the valley. Focus on the shepherd. When you do that, You'll be okay.